welcome to I Love That For You, the podcast celebrating the late bloomers and trailblazers of all walks of life. I'm Kelly. And I'm Red. And And Kelly, happy Kwanzaa! Happy Kwanzaa! I don't think we're allowed to say that as uh, white women, but happy Kwanzaa to those. It's literally the first day of Kwanzaa today. And yes, yes, we understand that we are two white women. And (laughs) as this holiday is one that celebrates African-American history and culture, we are not the people to be typically participating in that. However, we think that it's a great holiday. We obviously want to celebrate African-American culture. Celebrate, I say, not appropriate. There is a difference. Big difference. Yeah. And you said it was... It's very recent in recent history. Well, compared to other holidays this time of year, Kwanzaa was actually started in 1966 with basically three principles to it. To reaffirm and restore African culture and heritage, to introduce and reinforce the Nguzo Saba or the seven principles, and to serve as a nationally celebrated communal and non-heroic holiday. So there's not like a figurehead to it. Like Mm -hmm. we have Santa for Christmas and it's not supposed to be... Hero worship or... Hero worship, but also I was going to say commercialized. Commercialized, Um, yeah. Yeah. I I like the non-commercialization. Of exactly. And Very just so much. we know, again, it lasts seven days. And the seven principles that they're talking about are unity, self-determination, collective work and responsibility, cooperative economics, purpose, creativity, and faith. I so behind that. I love right? that. Right? Yeah. I and I think also yeah. because coming, you know, 1966, there was, well, I don't know, some history some uh, that wasn't so on. great. Yeah. Just a little bit. Just some casual, you know, right. <laughs> A little bit. <laughs> and so or lack thereof. I think it's totally fair. And okay, for anybody who's like, why do they get a holiday? Blah, blah, and it's like, you know what? <laughs> yeah. We're not dealing with that. It's just everybody should be able to celebrate their culture, their heritage. Most of the time, a lot of white people get to do that. And mm-hmm. so to be able to do that. And yes, I know we do have Black History Month. Which is the Black- shortest month. I was about to say the shortest bullshit. month. Right. (laughs) I think it's a good idea that we highlight holidays that for us, we know of it, but we aren't experiencing it. And there's a lot of traditions and we would love to have some people next year who could talk more about the celebrations of Kwanzaa and how as white people, how we could celebrate and support that. So we wanted to do that this year. And so the colors that normally represent Kwanzaa are black, red and green. However, last week we just did red and (laughs) green. We just did red and green. Because once again, Christmas just... Dominating things. All the fields. Just all over the place. Exactly. So we thought that while, you know, we don't want to repeat ourselves, while we'll definitely be using the color black, we also wanted to talk about the black excellence and things like that. And some people would say that is a gold standard. So we are doing black and gold to represent Kwanzaa today. And yeah, so we both picked between the two different colors and I'm very excited to know who you picked but yes you start, I'm starting though. you're mm-hmm. starting with gold I am starting with gold and oh. you know what when it came time to think of someone with gold the first person who came to my mind really knows something about that color because with 30 medals oh my God. 23 of them gold they are one of the most decorated gymnasts in world championship <gasps> oh history. Oh my god! 
That's right. Red. Uh huh. The only reason we're only doing a mini profile about this person is because they've accomplished so much and they're They're only 26 years old. That's. Oh my God. How did I not think of this? Of course, because Ah! I am speaking of gymnast, trailblazer, and Olympic gold medalist Simone Biles yay mm-hmm. yes yeah well deserved yeah I mean she, right? she does deserve a full thing but I guess she's so young that yeah I, I imagine like five more years we're gonna have yeah. even more to talk about with her and I'm right. gonna talk about why yeah but to start things off she was born March 14th 1997 in Columbus Ohio and shortly after she actually entered the foster care system with her three other siblings due to her mother being unable to care for them due to alcohol and drug addiction issues and her father basically abandoned the family. I did not know this. Oh my Mm -hmm. gosh. She's spoken to CNN about it saying, I just remember like us as kids being so hungry and then I just remember the cat would actually get fed and not like quite us. And so we were taken. And thankfully, we actually got to stay in one foster home. We were all together. And it was some of the best times ever. We were just so excited. She and her three other siblings, like I said, would reportedly be in and out of the system for three years before her maternal grandfather and his second wife would learn of the kids being in the system. So they would adopt Simone and her younger sibling, while the grandfather, his sister, so their like great aunt, would adopt the older siblings. Got it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Wow. So at the age of six, Simone was on a daycare field trip and saw older kids practicing gymnastics. Apparently, she was a very brave little kid and basically immediately started like imitating their movements. But when the coaches saw how she actually was like pulling it off, they were like, she needs to go into the sport. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. Was she doing so- like back handsprings and stuff? Who knows? Like, I mean, but apparently it was enough to for them to be like, actually, this girl is amazing. She became a star pupil at Bannon's Gymnastics. This coach would follow her that she started working with like throughout her entire career. And she would be really successful despite also being diagnosed with ADHD and needed to be placed on medication for it. Like I did not know this. And by 2011, she would make her first appearance in the junior national competition at the American Classic, where she placed third in the all-around competition and third in vaults. 2011, Kelly. Oh my gosh. We're we're talking like quick math here. Basically, she was like like 14. Jesus Christ. Yeah. So then she basically had to make the decision like, okay, do I stay in school or do I pursue this full time? And with the support of her family, she actually started being homeschooled so she could dedicate herself to gymnastics and apparently that was the way to go because she dominated the sport and was a standout not just because she never grew taller than four foot eight she's four eight she's four eight i knew she was short i didn't know she was four eight i thought she was well i mean that's typically like an advantage to gymnasts too to be like smaller but like yeah she's only four eight she's shorter than snooki or maybe they're the same height that's crazy oh my gosh anyway so while she was gathering medals in numerous competitions and honestly was already rumored to be eyed for the Olympics when she was too young to even qualify, but she rose to fame in 2013 when she won two world championship medals, including the all-around title at just 16. No big deal. Jesus. Right? She followed that up with four more world championship gold medals in 2014 and another four in 2015. Go to bed, Simone. You <laughs> all look bad. My God, you're what, like 17, 18 at this point? Honestly, oh we cannot go into the amount of competitions she was just destroying during this time because there's too many. 
She was doing so much. And despite facing numerous injuries, one most significantly to her shoulder from a fall from the beam, the beam would kind of be one of her bigger challenges. We all know the story about how in 2016, finally, she would join the U.S. Olympics team and go to Rio as part of the final five. Now, obviously, right? Because she did not disappoint. She won gold in all around team vault and floor. Jesus Christ. Oh, and she took bronze in the beam? Like, okay. Okay, Simone. All right. right. Like, it's you. like, you can't have them all, okay? You can't have them all, but okay. <laughs> also, take that, you damn fall. Like, okay. Yeah. You, like, she's still meddled. Like, still meddled. Ugh. This wow. is, like, on a scale. If you even meddle at this level, that is wildly impressive. And I feel like people are like, oh, but it was a goal. Fuck that. Fuck that. Holy Fuck shit. You. Like, that you is... do it. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't even like get on it, Red. Like, right? <laughs> meddling on it. Jesus. She was chosen to carry the flag for the US team at the closing ceremonies. And she actually chose to take a year off before resuming training again, but was still awarded the SB Award for Best Female Athlete in the year of 2017. Now, I also want to point out Simone is so strong in so many ways. In 2018, she and other gymnasts came forward and publicly revealed that a U.S. gymnastics physician had sexually assaulted all of them. And USA Gymnastics helped cover up the abuse. And it is so disappointing. It is so disappointing that once again, this person, who I'm not even going to give him his name because he's just a monster, basically preyed on... Gymnasts are typically very young. They're very young girls. And for him to prey on so many of them and for the organization to just... Cover it up. Cover that up just for the success of what? What? Yeah, for, just what? Want... for what reason? For what? There's no and reason this, this needs to happen. This isn't me too, right? Again, Maybe it's 2018. Or... So it's oh, like. that's me too. Yeah. But also, here's the thing. The numbers are disappointing like you wouldn't believe because the most consistent I've seen is that 150 women were affected. I saw lower at 90, but also higher at over 300. I didn't know that. There are so many women affected by this, and they were actually awarded the Arthur Ashe Courage Award for coming forward despite the organization's attempts to silence them. That's what I saw in the reports. When Simone returned to public competition, she wore teal in solidarity with the other assault survivors and once again dominated the USA Gymnastics National Championships, winning five gold medals, the second woman in all of history to do so. Get it, Simone! Right? Mm. She is, like, unstoppable. So, most recently, she withdrew, actually, during the postponed 2020 Olympics in Tokyo. So, we had them, but just later. I remember that. Yeah, because mm -hmm, she only performed, like, one event. I think she did the vault and then immediately withdrew. And it was because of mental health. And she's been an outspoken proponent of this ever since. Because, yeah, sadly, athletes aren't really given the space. We're just expecting them to exceed and excel and the pressure we put on them. You hear it all the time how athletes like break down or hurt themselves because they just don't know how to deal with that pressure that's put on them, not only externally, but internally, because that's what they're expected to do. I can imagine that the pressure on her. Right. And also the pressure to walk away. That must have been, I, I commend her. Ugh. Simone, my heart goes out to her. Like that was so brave, and not I mean, only it got was a it conversation yeah. started amongst other. It athletes. did, and you know what? I think that actually helped 
so many people, but also I wouldn't say it's only for this reason, but I think for everything she's done, it's no surprise that she also received the Presidential Medal of Freedom, one of the highest honors the civilian can receive, in 2022 with President Biden saying, this only adds to her medal count. <laughs> How and many this- does she have? Yeah. There's so many at this point. Again, yeah. in total, she has like 30 medals. Does she have like a, like what rack does she use for those? I'm pretty sure she's just using them as like wallpaper now. Wallpaper, or she's just like, like a poster now. She's like, oh, <laughs> this thing? Okay, whatever. Right? Add it to the pile. Also, this makes her the youngest person to ever receive the Presidential Medal of Freedom. While she has publicly stated she fully intends to return to the sport, this year in August, it actually clinched her eighth U.S. all-around title. And I hate to say this, but that makes her the oldest gymnast to do this. Because again, the sport is very young. She's 20, what, six? She's 26. Oh my God, stop it. Stop it. But that's the thing. The things that you put your body through, it's understandable. And especially if you're competing since you're like, I mean, you started when you're six. Yeah, 20 years. For 20 years she's been doing this. So I understand why the strain on your body and things like that. But no, no, she got her eighth all-around title, which broke a 90-year record by securing eight national all-around titles. The previous record was seven, and she broke that as one of the oldest gymnasts as well to get that. Like, yes, girl. Ah, chills. Chills. And as if that's not enough, this year as well, Simone also got another little piece of gold. Well, I don't know if it's gold, but she (gasps) married Green Bay Packers safety, Jonathan Owens, in a beautiful ceremony. It was right around mine. I saw all the pictures. It was like a week or so after. Gold was reported or was spotlighting the whole thing. And beautiful. By the way, for single girls like myself, they apparently met on Raya. (gasps) And she slid into his DMs. What? So, I didn't know that. Apparently, okay, that's what Vogue said. So let's um, get it. Do not be afraid to make that first move, girls. Make the first move. It's 2024 almost. Let's go, right? people. Oh, my God. I love that. She's manifesting this stuff. Again, she's publicly stated she wants to come back to the sport. And I'm trying to keep this brief because there's so much she's trailblazed for so many other women in sports. We'd have to do a full episode, but it seems to me she intends to do even more wildly successful feats. But even if she doesn't, she still seems golden to me. Oh, Simone Biles. Like, what a queen. She's just like, for someone so young to also be so, she's very well-spoken from talking about her early childhood, which I had no idea she was in the foster care system. No, idea. And... I had no idea like she has ADHD. That was a thing. She was accused of cheating because of her ADHD medication. Oh, my God. Right. Yeah. And because she was on Ritalin. But at the same time, she had gotten permission ahead of time. And this was publicly declared on her like medical records. I mean, not publicly declared because your medical records are not public access. It was a hacker, actually, who... put this information out there so hacked into her medical files and yeah so they tried to use that as an argument to strip her of her medals and it's like no no let women have their day come on Mm -hmm. like stop Mm -hmm. just stop (laughs) it was ridiculous so again i will not be surprised if we have even more to say about simone i want to do a quick profile on her because again she's such a powerful athlete and a powerful person and when i think of gold she's basically the standard of just like what it means to be someone who through and through from discussing mental health and standing up after sexual assault and 
standing in solidarity with other women and being supportive of them while also just being a complete force to reckon with in the like gymnastics which is so not an easy sport to be consistently excellent in not at all i want to just to accomplish one one hundredth of what she's accomplished (laughs) right all i want with my life (laughs) exactly goodness oh good job red that was the beautiful well good job simone because my god okay (laughs) good job simone i love that for you so much but now yes me it's time so yeah i always do my continuing on what i associate with the color (laughs) for some reason and you go literal so when i think of black i actually think of music notes and Mm. this person was actually a write-in from a listener actually it's kelly it's kelly mccarran from thank you kelly we love you so today red i'm highlighting grammy award-winning musician MacArthur recipient and Pulitzer Prize winner Rhiannon Giddens. Now, Red, the MacArthur Fellowship, for those who don't know, is known as a genius grant. Oh, shit. It's awarded (laughs) annually by the John D. and Catherine T. MacArthur Foundation to between 20 and 30 individuals working in any field who have shown extraordinary originality and dedication in their creative pursuits and a marked capacity for self-direction. And according to this foundation's website, the fellowship is not a reward for past accomplishment, but rather an investment in a person's originality, insight, and potential. And this potential is also based on a track record of significant accomplishments and read so many significant accomplishments she's had and she's only 46 so i think this is probably the youngest person to date that i've profiled kelly thank you for writing in about her i had never really heard of her before this and now i'm obsessed with her so she was born in greensboro north carolina in february 21st 1977 to david giddens and mom deborah jameson and deborah is a descendant of african-american and native american tribes but her parents separated soon after birth when deborah came out as a lesbian so rihanna's formative memories include listening to her uncle's bluegrass band and hank williams songs on the radio And watching Roy Clark, they call it picking and grinning, every Saturday night on Hee Haw. What? And, yeah, I know. <laughs> this is all like a simpler time of yesteryear. His prowess, Clark's prowess on the banjo, really sparked her interest. But she said it somehow fell at odds with her multiracial background. She said, I'm mixed. My dad is white. My mom is black. And I constantly learned how to go back and forth between one world to the other. And so navigating that rub has made me who I am. And it was only later after she received a degree in opera theater from the Oberlin Conservatory that Rhiannon learned about the long almost forgotten line of traditional black string bands and she found her place in american music history it was at this 2005 black banjo gathering which i love in boone north carolina she studied with this african-american fiddler joe thompson and with some fellow students they formed this trio that would eventually be called the carolina chocolate drops they would become the first black string band to perform 
on the Grand Ole Opry. Yeah, <gasps> huh? Yeah. That's and huge. I know. The first one, too. The first black string band. The group members would go eventually their separate ways in like 2014, but that wasn't before their fourth album. It was called Genuine Negro Jig 2011. That won a Grammy. But as they were on their way out in 2013, Giddens began her solo career and she participated in Another Day, Another Time, which was a concert inspired by the Coen Brothers film Inside Lewin Davis. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. And many critics stated that Giddens had the best performance at what was called the concert of the year, already just starting off her solo career strong. And late in 2013, she contributed this standout acapella track called We Rise to this LP called We Are Not For Sale, Songs of Protest by Ooh. this North Carolina Music Love Army, which was basically a collective of activist musicians from North Carolina. And her protest song joins contributions from many other Carolina musical luminaries and what was created to support the NCNAACP and the Moral Monday movement. So she's just giving back. She's making waves early in her solo career. Good on her. And then early in 2014, no big deal, she recorded for Lost on the River, the new basement tapes alongside, oh, Elvis Costello, Marcus Mumford, Taylor Goldsmith, Jim James. And it's basically a compilation of unreleased songs written by Bob Dylan. So she's in very good company. Nope. Don't know any yeah, of those names whatsoever. <laughs> like, My what? God, That's incredible. Making waves so early. In February 2015, she releases the debut solo album Tomorrow Is My Turn and it includes songs mm -hmm. made famous by Patsy Cline and Dolly Parton and Nina Simone and oh. the Wall Street Journal said that that album confirms the arrival of a significant talent whose voice and distinctive approach communicate the simmering emotion at the core of the songs. The LA Times called the album a collection that should solidify her status as one of the bright new lights in pop music. And she's 38 here, so she's a late bloomer, Red, but she's killing it left and right. So that's just inspiring. Honestly, that's yeah. incredible. Unfortunately, like a lot of people also would probably be like, oh, this person's older. So yeah. not give her the same opportunities, not to mention so many other reasons why they might not give her certain opportunities because. Mm -hmm. But what she's doing is bringing such a great understanding to history here of like little known influences to music mm -hmm. and things like that and that's been there but I personally don't know it but I'm sure there's more of the general public who aren't aware as much and the way that she was able to work with these different sounds we're talking opera and banjo like I would yeah. never right? put the two together. <laughs> no and I don't think she would have either she was always at odds with her history and this was just not something you see done uh, often but she was a trailblazer and a late which is why I just I knew this was so thank you again Kelly she's so fascinating amazing so Rhiannon was selected to take part in the transatlantic sessions in January 2016 and this collaboration between American and Celtic musicians is a coveted honor the ensemble performed as part of Celtic connections in Glasgow on a UK Irish tour 
And her performances on the tour included a stirring tribute to David Bowie. And later in the year, Giddens became the first American to be honored as Folk Singer of the Year at BBC Radio to Folk Awards. And later in the year, Red, you're going to love this. It was also announced that she would be receiving the prestigious Steve Martin Prize for (gasps) Excellence in Banjo and Bluegrass. Yes! (laughs) And winning this award makes Giddens the only woman and only person of color to receive the prize in its six-year history at the time. And in 2016, it was also announced that Giddens and the Carolina Chocolate Drops would be inducted into the North Carolina Music Hall of Fame. Oh, that's so, beautiful. A big I year for that. her in 2016. I love that there's a Steve Martin Prize for oh, Excellence in Banjo. Ooh, I think a lot of people don't realize Steve Martin is a fantastic fantastic banjo player fantastic and second only to in my personal opinion uh kermit the frog who um, (laughs) we highlighted last week last week um oh my god but when you think of banjo players yeah like it's white white men (laughs) in the country sadly unfortunately i mean god you think of just the redneck white men but really the instrument itself has been involved in so many different cultures and has been played in so many different styles and ways of course there's should be somebody like Rhiannon who's going to be excellent at this. And I'm so glad that unlike other awards, I mean, granted, it is fairly new, but I'm glad someone like her is able to be recognized for her skills and things like that before he just goes to another white dude. And so glad you said that because she kind of touches on this. So in 2017, she became the only the fourth musician to perform at both the Newport Folk and Jazz Festivals. And later that year, She delivered the keynote address at the World of Bluegrass uh, Business Conference in 2017. Mm -hmm. And according to Bluegrass Today, they said what you were saying. Giddens shattered long-held stereotypes. By the time she was done, she had systematically dismantled the myth of a homogeneous Appalachia. So she's just breaking down barriers, shattering myths, making records, and blowing my mind. And so coming up to present day in October 2017, Giddens was named one of the 2017 class of MacArthur Genius Fellows. So the organization noted Giddens' drive to understand and convey the nuances, complexities, and interrelationships between musical traditions is enhancing our musical present with a wealth of sounds and textures from the past. And she later would demonstrate a broad range of her musical interests with several subsequent projects in November of that year, performed as a soprano with the Louisville Orchestra in Teddy Abrams' multimedia tribute to Muhammad Ali in The Greatest. A year later, she would sing with the Cincinnati Pops Orchestra for their live recording of American Originals 1918, which basically explored the development of jazz during the post-World War I era. January 2018, she co-produced Songs of Our Native Daughters for Smithsonian Folkways. That album confronted the ways that we are culturally conditioned to avoid talking about America's history of slavery, racism, and misogyny in early 2018 as well. The Nashville Ballet announced that Rhiannon had been commissioned to write the music for Lucy Negro Redo, a new dance choreographed uh, by 
artistic director Paul Vasterling, and it premiered in February 19. And its premise is basically that Shakespeare's Dark Lady was of African descent. So very interesting projects that bring us up to her most impressive, probably to date. So for the 2020 Spoleto Festival USA, Rhiannon was commissioned to create an opera based on the Arabic language autobiography of Omer Said, a highly oh. literate and cultural Muslim cleric of modern Senegal who was enslaved in an intertribal war and brought aboard a slave ship to Charleston, South Carolina in 1807. So Rhiannon wrote the libretto and served as lead composer. Owing to the pandemic, though, the premiere of Omar was postponed until 2022. And guess what, Red? In 2023, it received the Pulitzer Prize in Music. So oh Rhiannon God. has a Pulitzer Prize and a MacArthur Grant and is a Grammy Award winning musician, breaking stereotypes, left and right, all at age 46. My God, I love that for you, Rhiannon. My God, she's just, and also look her up. She's just beautiful. Playing the banjo, like she's stunning. You know, it's not what yeah. you expect to I'm see. I'm looking at an <laughs> image right now and I will never be able to pull pull off yeah. looking as cool as she does with a banjo in a straw hat yes. um, I could never like she looks stunning and she's <sighs> probably like this old thing I'm sure she wasn't met with like the most open of minds oh. when she's a woman entering into a male dominated space Absolutely. and also white I, I feel very embarrassed that I was not aware of her especially because if I she wasn't is either. like she was hanging out in my neck of the woods the Newport Jazz Festival is one of the biggest events in Rhode Island oh, and that's right red how dare you I know. I you didn't she see was her when she came through? Apparently not, because I feel like I would have remembered someone like this stunning, first of all. And also, second of all, I'm ah. so bummed that I missed an opportunity to see someone like this perform. Because you know what? when yeah. she comes through again, well, I'm sure. Oh, I will never be able to afford her again. Yeah, I guess um. that's true. <laughs> She uh, is probably a pretty penny now, but she yeah, earned it. I, well deserved too, because well with deserved. all the projects, I love that as someone who has a bunch of different interests and tries to find a way to make them overlap, I respect someone who can once again tie in opera and banjos and yeah. history and her heritage and culture and like putting that all together in yep. a variety of ways and different projects. And yeah, she deserves all these awards because my God, that is so impressive. Wow. Between her and Simone, I hope I accomplished one one hundredth of what they did already. <laughs> and they're so young. It's Honestly. Like, you got to get to it, Red. I know. Oh. I mean, listen, we There's are still time. so inspired. <laughs> I mean, for both of them, just the ability that they had to enter into not the easiest of spaces. I know we didn't plan this, but we both picked African-American women yeah, who are going into male-dominated <laughs> areas yeah. like sports and music i mean the music. whole world if we're gonna be honest is yeah male dominated well so. male dominated but also they are both u.s women so notoriously as women of color they are going to not be set up for success unfortunately in a lot of ways and for them to be such trailblazers in such totally different areas yet doing such a beautiful job of making it look easy but knowing how much work and how much dedication both of them must have had to go and do all this that's incredible I'm oh my god inspired. what a I'm great so way to wrap up this year right and you Just know this is going to be our, our last... resolutions well Whoa. speaking of 
resolutions. Oh yeah, yeah, I'm in charge. Like that. So yeah, you are. <laughs> speaking of resolutions, mm. we're gonna play our new segment. Do we love this or that? And we're gonna do New Year's Eve edition. Ooh. So to kick things off, Red, do we love making a lot of resolutions or making no resolutions? I mean, Kelly, you know exactly how I'm going to answer this. <laughs> You don't say. You don't say. Hmm. Yeah. Obviously, if you have listened to our episode, maybe. I don't know. I think I set up a ridiculous amount of resolutions every year. And again, because I like setting goals. They're more aspirational than, okay, you have to do this. Here's this pressure and blah, blah, blah. Because again, like we learned from Simone, you do not need to put that much pressure on yourself. These are things I'd like to accomplish. Now, granted, it's got to the point because there's so many. There are some that I need to accomplish because I just put them on there as a need to do, which we'll get to next week, what I mean by this. For our New Year's. (laughs) But yeah, again, there are things I would like to see myself accomplish within the year. Yeah, I'd rather have a lot of different things because I have a lot of different interests and a lot of yeah, different things say. going on. Just don't a little. Say. Well, what oh. about you? <sighs> you know, I don't like to disappoint myself, so I'm inclined not to, but you've inspired me, so I think I'm not as many as you. <laughs> I, think I, I think I'm going to love, you know what, this year after kind of a year of just stasis, making resolutions because that'll manifest things, I feel like. Writing it down and putting it into the universe or whatever. Maybe it's the Joshua Tree of me I went last week. (laughs) And I went to the Integratron, by the way. What's that? Where you get a sound bath. The structure Tree. I almost had a panic attack. It was very loud and very all-encompassing. It's so loud, but they give you earplugs and then after a little bit, I chilled out. But uh, basically, it's a structure that doesn't have any nails. It's all glue and like geometric and such what? that the sound carries 360 around it. And oh, whoa. That can be I, intense. It was very, very intense, but I think, I don't know, it did a good cleanse for me and I think that's going to lead me to making resolutions and manifesting things and I you know, that. cleansing bad energy from this year and to bringing good energy next year. So I'm going to be not as ambitious as you. I'm not going to do 24. No, no, no. Start small. Do, do not do what I do. <laughs> you know, five, maybe, maybe 10. Yeah. You've inspired me. That's oh, that. well, thank you. <laughs> Listen, I also think, again, as big or as little as you want to go. I know Danielle Henderson from I Saw What You Did Pod. Yes. I think she has her mega list that she does. And she has like 100 plus items on her list. Danielle. But again, she just kind of updates it every year and like you know crosses things off she apparently like every year learns a new or memorizes like a sonnet or a poem or something like that but again to be like oh i'm gonna be that specific in my goals so you can make it very specific and very niche or you could go broad and be like i just in general want to improve my health yeah and that's that's a good noble things goal. like that we'll go into that next week yeah uh, I, we have a lot sure. to talk about next week so right i your know but <laughs> exactly and also kelly be working on your list while you're enjoying yes, your Bora honeymoon Bora, uh, my, mm-hmm. my tiki drink in, in yes <laughs> yeah obviously um, i feel like your number one thing will be i would like to do this again <laughs> yes that is literally the first thing you're not wrong and maybe without it raining but it's fine it's an island it'll be fine so second one do we love staying up till midnight on new year's eve or do we love going to bed whenever the hell we want even if it's before midnight on New Year's Eve. Well, what do you think? Well, for you, you're always up till midnight regardless on just a regular Tuesday. So I'm going to say you're going <laughs> to definitely stay up till midnight.
midnight on this night. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I yeah. am definitely going to, even no matter what the plans are. It actually works out really well for our friendship because of the fact that I'm on the East Coast oh, and you're on right. the West Coast. It's like reasonable <laughs> hours that I'm messaging you. Meanwhile, it's like 1 a.m. my time and you're like, wait, it's 10 here. Why are you awake? And, and I'm, I'm barely awake at 10 p.m. I don't know how right. you're so awake at 1 a.m. Like I am awake <laughs> at those hours. So it's a little absurd. But Kelly, what about I you? What you do you know prefer? my answer. <laughs> well, based on the whole 10 p.m. Oh, thing. <laughs> boy. I, I don't know if I've made it to midnight in three years. I remember really? one year, Sean and I were in Ventura for New Year's. And I think it was like 9.30 or 10 and I was already asleep. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> the year before I did just because I was at a house party and but I was almost asleep and they were making fun of me the whole time. So I just am chronically tired and always in bed by 9.30 or 10. I like do sleep. what you want to do. I wish sleep and I got along better. I literally found a post of mine. I think I sent it to you from like when I was in college that I posted on Facebook as a status saying, oh, 3am. I wish we would just not meet like this and instead be <laughs> sleeping together. <laughs> <laughs> You've seen way too many of those. I don't think uh, I've I that have in always years. been this way and yeah, so to me it's not like a big challenge to stay up that late. Yeah, I teach me your ways. My god. No. No. Okay, no. You know, I'll teach you mine. I'll teach you yeah, my ways. Yeah, please. Do we love dressing up and going out for New Year's or do we love staying in or like going, you know, to like a house party? But like not dressing up. Person. More of like casual clothes. Just a casual. And... Yeah. Yeah. What do we like? I mean, you tell me. What do you typically like to do? I guess in my early youth, it was dressing up and going out. But here's the thing. It's like New Year's, sort of like Valentine's Day, is always such high expectations put on it that mm -hmm. will never be lived up to. So... As I got older, I realized that, and I don't know what I, what movie moment I'm expecting to happen on New Year's Eve, and it's everything's overpriced, so I am now team staying in, 100%. Not even just because I'm married, but I, I caught on to this long ago. <laughs> it's just not worth it. Going out is effort, especially on New Year's Eve, and I will stay in on my couch with my champagne and be happy. What about you? I am your opposite. I of mean, course you are. Of well, I like a good excuse to like dress up. I mean, I love getting dressed up anyways. But what I like is more, yes, getting dressed up and making plans to either go out to like a bar, but not like a bar where it's like trendy and that kind of stuff. Like I love to find like a dive where they've got whatever playing on in the corner for the ball drop. Mm -hmm. And I'm just hanging out and I can actually have a conversation with somebody. I mean, granted, it's still going to be crowded in any place out and about right. but just to be hanging out just kind of people watching because i will say new year's eve is the best oh yeah people watching time i love being around friends i love being around people i do think there is granted i'm not trying to do a big movie moment but i think there is i don't know for me a kind of significance to another year a new beginning, a new chapter. There's been a couple of ball drops where I just was home, but I still got dressed up for myself. I picked Aww. up some sushi and video chatted with some girlfriends. And granted, I am on the East Coast, so I was calling people at 9.01. Before my bedtime. Perfect. <laughs> right. And just say like, Happy New Year. And they're like, give me three hours. And of course, I'm still awake. So I was going to say, you'll still be awake. I like marking the occasion as like, okay, this is another year. And while it's 
shouldn't be an excuse. You can start a new habit, a new goal at any time. I just think there's something really nice to like have the whole world kind of celebrating together in that way and seeing that as like a big momentum to really set some things in motion. I agree. And it's only going to get better, I think, Red. I mean, next year. I sure hope so. Yeah. <laughs> big year for both of us next year, I think. Especially I, I'm putting that out there that, yeah, this is going to be yeah. a really good year. Absolutely. Also, I will say New Year's Eve. Happy birthday, Allie. That's my sister. And happy birthday. Yeah, she was hey. a New Year's Eve baby. Do we love kissing a stranger at midnight or kissing someone you know? But we don't know who or do we know we who? We don't know... Well, they have to be a stranger, so I guess. No, 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 like the person, like who is the person? Like, oh. do we have control over who the person we know that we have to kiss? No, it's just someone you know, but you don't know exactly which someone you know you're kissing. Yeah. Oh, so I'd rather stranger. go stranger because I don't want to run that risk. Plus, <laughs> um, someone who has kissed strangers at New Year's Eve. Um, oh, wait, what? You have? Oh. Of course. I don't think I've ever had a stranger kiss at midnight. Really? Oh, definitely. I've had, I think in New York, I was just out at a bar and just as a joke, I think I kissed a guy. This is like New Orleans all over again. Oh, yeah. Um, I think it was just like, oh, I'd like to kiss somebody at midnight. Hey, so would I, smooch. And then there's been times where I've just had a really nice conversation with somebody while out celebrating on New Year's Eve. And yeah, then a lovely little kiss. And then I I think there's been a couple of people I've dated who I met on New Year's Eve. And then. What? Yeah. This is your holiday, Red. Again, it's just being around people and getting caught up in festivities. And typically I'm with my friends too. I think it's a very fun kind of adventurous thing. And then I'm like pulling a Cinderella and like, bye. And then (laughs) unless you get my number, it's just a nice little, sometimes they have, sometimes they haven't. And yeah, who knows? Maybe this New Year's. Uh, We'll see. Yeah, you better. (laughs) I want want your hockey player to come running. This is how it starts. No, I'm kidding. But what about you? I think I'm, uh, I don't think I'm allowed to say anything except for somebody I know, because <laughs> I'm, you know, married, but I honestly, I, I mean, it's it's fun though, the fun and adventure of somebody at midnight is so appealing, right? Like, I, Yeah, you know, well, that's what's fun about it, and like, yeah. it can be really innocent too, like again, some of these experiences I've had were not like a makeout or anything, it was just like right. a nice, like sweet, you know, so low I'm tongues. So I'm going to do that. <laughs> I'm just going to do that and pretend I'm not married in this situation. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you have a choice in who you yeah. would kiss, obviously then you would be, take Sean and I'd take course. Henry Cavill. So, I mean. There you go. <laughs> Boom. Exactly. 100%. Because we totally know each other. You no. totally know each other. Yeah. Someone at midnight. Stranger at midnight. Yeah. 100%. Uh, there's just something fun about it. I don't know. And again, just a kiss. We're not just like. Just a kiss. Yeah. yeah. That's all. Not any judgment or anything like that. We're just saying in this instance. Yes. You know. 100%. And then last question. Do we love Andy Cohen and Anderson Cooper's New Year's Eve or Ryan Seacrest, Dick Clark New Year's Eve? Which I love that it's still called Dick Clark's New Year's Eve. I know. I mean, <laughs> he did it for so long. To be honest, I don't have a strong opinion on this one. I think I'm going with the Dick Clark celebration, even though it's Ryan Seacrest oh. now, obviously, because it has to be. 
I'm never paying attention to it when it's on until like the ball actually drops. Unless there's like a certain performer I'm looking forward to seeing and whoever books them, that's who I'm tuning in for. I am 100% the other way. Andy Cohen, yeah. Anderson Cooper. Like, I don't know if it was a year or two years ago. Andy got so fucked up that he got <gasps> in trouble with the network and they wouldn't allow him and Anderson to drink last year because he was sloppy and I was living for it. He was oh. a hot mess, kind of like angry and like making fun <gasps> of CNN and stuff. And so I live for the, the sloppiness, just the absolute. But now, I, like I said, they didn't allow him to drink last year. So it's a little less fun. I'm sure they were sneaking in like they were taking shots. I'm juice, sure. But like I'm sure somebody was sneaking in alcohol into those cups. I'm living for whatever is going to come out of his mouth next. So 100% I'll be tuning in to Andy Cohen and Anderson Cooper. And Anderson is just like side-eyeing him, but also is also getting giggly and like joining in on the fun, which I love to see him loosen up. So they're I know. a great dynamic team. He, he, actually, they're both quite silver foxes, aren't they? Oh, yeah. But I think Anderson Cooper is just like so handsome. Mm, He's 100%. just like, oh, and yeah. both of them, because I was about to be like, I feel like I understood what a daddy is once I saw <laughs> Anderson Cooper. So I was like, I don't quite get it. And then I saw him. I was like, ah, yeah, I get it now. I get it now. But they yeah. are both technically fathers, aren't they? So they both they got are. that like yeah. daddy energy. <laughs> So you should check them out this year, Rad. I think you should I try. guess so, man. Maybe they'll like loosen up and be like, we need somewhere in between where they're not a hot mess, but we don't want them totally Stiff. sober. We want them totally tober, like that level. <laughs> you know? And we want you totally tober too, listeners. Uh, yes. So. Be safe out there for yes. New Year's. And as we said, happy Hanukkah, Merry Christmas, happy Kwanzaa, and happy and all review, the other subscribe. holidays. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Happy rate reviewing and subscribing. Make, make it a holiday of <laughs> subscribing, rating, and oh my god, I hear Bandit. <laughs> oh no, Bandit. You could have made it to the end. Oh. Anyway. Thank you, anyway, listeners. Thank you so much, <laughs> listeners. Our pets are going wild yes. um, just for the upcoming new year. They're getting stir crazy. And we hope oh you guys have a wonderful holiday season, a happy new year. And we'll see you guys. Well, not see you guys, but you'll hear from us. And hopefully we'll hear from you in 2024. Yay! Bye! Bye! Thank you for joining us on I Love That For You. Our theme song is by Vaudeville and used with permission. Our cover art is by Jenny Lamb, edited to the best of our abilities by Kelly and Red. If you want us to spotlight someone, have questions, or just want to say hi, email us at ilovethatforyoupod at gmail.com or join us on Instagram at ilovethatforyoupod to join the love fest and see what else we get up to. Episodes are available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, basically wherever else you listen. We appreciate all your love, and if you want to help support the show, please rate, review, and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts. This helps us spread the love and reach more people. Thanks for listening. We love you.